Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 262 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to tell if you're getting better at tennis. How can you know? Most players take one measure, and you can probably guess what that is. And in today's episode of the show, we're going to talk about four and how they relate to each other, which is really, really important to understand so that you can set good expectations, set good goals, and also just be aware of your development and understand where you are now and how that is compared to a year ago or two years ago or where you hope to be six months from now, et cetera, et cetera. You can't possibly know these things or measure them or set accurate goals without understanding how these different things relate to each other. So I think this is going to be really helpful for you if you take tennis improvement seriously. I'd like to dedicate today's episode to Mint Gum Lover on iTunes, who just uh, left a a really nice review of the podcast on the iTunes Music Store. And Mint Mint Gum Lover, you made the second, uh, I'm sorry, the second hundred, uh, the 200th review of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Uh, so we're now the, the only tennis podcast on iTunes with with 200 reviews. I want to thank all of you over the years for all of your support. And uh, just really a pleasure and an honor to have all of you tuning in every time I, I upload my thoughts. So thank you. All right, let's get to uh, today's topic. And uh, I actually had this planned out before a comment on YouTube came in just a day or two ago. Uh, but we, we got a comment that asked this pers- this question perfectly. This, this is from Noah Hess. He wrote and said, Hey, Ian, how can I effective measure my, effectively measure my progress as a tennis player? Sometimes it's hard to tell if you're getting any better, if you're not competing in tournaments or playing frequently with other people. Okay, so as I, I mentioned from the get-go, we're going to be talking about four different objective measurable ways uh, that you can tell if you're getting better or not. And we're going to go in order from the the biggest, the broadest, and work our way down to the most uh, micro or granular. So the first one is really the true 30,000 foot view, and that is wins and losses. And this is the one that he, that Noah uh, on YouTube actually points out as as what he would normally look to to tell if he's getting any better or not, whether or not he's progressing, is whether or not he's winning and losing. So he's saying, I'm not playing tournaments right now. I'm not not playing against other people. So so how can I tell? And I think it's very telling to me, and um, just kind of a sign of. Um, a sign of how sophisticated coaching and and how players view the improvement process. It's a, I, I think, a really telling sign when most play, players just look at their win loss column to be able to tell. And listen, on one hand, there's no question that it is an indicator, and it is kind of the big picture goal, is to beat players that you couldn't beat before and players that are giving you trouble now be able to beat easily uh etc etc like we we want to be able to make those improvements both for our ego you know so we feel better and accomplished and like we we know that we're actually doing something positive out there and also uh, just so we have that kind of objective uh feedback whether it's you know moving from a 
five wins and five losses on one season to eight wins and two losses on the next season. That, that feels good to, to have that accomplishment. So it is important, and I recommend that you do kind of take a little – Take the time to do a little bit of journaling and keep a a, a match diary of the people you've played against. Uh, it's a great opportunity to keep track of strengths and weaknesses, what style they were, what worked, what didn't work. But keep in keep in mind that even something that is seemingly as objective as wins and losses can be tricky and it can fool you because even against the same player, one day to the next, different things are going to work and other things will not work. You'll win on one day and lose on the next. Any of you listening who have a regular uh, playing partner or somebody that maybe you, you do a every Thursday match with or whatever, you know what I'm talking about. In general, you know how it's going to go, but there can be really wide differences in results and comfort levels and rhythm and timing and tactics and all kinds of different things. So even something that is you know, seemingly as um, foolproof or objective as a win and loss record can be tricky to be able to really judge completely what the big picture is. So this is um, layer number one of kind of self-analysis or awareness of improvement. This is the 30,000-foot view, wins and losses. Now, the next level down, the next layer down There needs to be several significant positive changes at layer number two before layer number one, which is wins and losses, can possibly ever change. And I've 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 labeled layer number two maybe a little too nerdy, macro physical, meaning kind of large scale, big scale physical elements that we can track and, and be aware of. And that layer is individual stroke outcomes. In other words, the results, the results of each individual swing. And this is something that we can track in matches, but really I strongly encourage you to just really pay close attention to this in practice. In matches as much as possible, we want to use our unconscious habits. And the way that we train new unconscious habits is on the practice courts. And that's where you really you should be focusing on what the ball does. And a colleague, good friend of mine, at Congressional Country Club, uh, David Parker. I'm pretty sure he was the first one I ever heard say this, and I use it a lot now. Uh, he used to use the phrase, the ball doesn't lie. Meaning, the ball will always be a mirror reflection of whatever the racket was doing as contact was made. And the racket can only do what your body guides it to do. And so, there's a direct connection, correlation between what the ball does and how your technique was. The quality of your movements, the quality of your biomechanics as you make your swing will always directly change what the ball does. And so you can track lots of objective things like uh, the speed of your shots going from 50 miles an hour to 60 miles an hour on your forehand. You know you're imparting more force through the ball. The shape of your shots, aka what type of spin or the amount of spin. Uh, maybe you have a goal of, of hitting with more topspin. And so you can objectively track the trajectory of your shots. Maybe you start off hitting really flat and straight and low over the net. And so you have a goal of hitting with more shape, more curve, more arc, more, uh, more arch. And so that's something you can track. Uh, you can also track uh, consistency by using different challenges and targets. So for example, uh, let's say you're practicing your volleys and you have an initial 
goal of getting 10 in a row that land in no man's land. And you can't, you can't get past 10. And six months later, now you can do 20 without a miss in no man's land with your volley. Well, that, that's an objective measure of the outcome of your shots that tells you that you're making improvement. Consistency, power, spin, shape, and combinations of all of those are all ways that you can objectively measure whether or not you're improving. Now, the key is measuring in the first place and then being uh, vigilant about uh, tracking accurately and consistently. So using the same measuring methods, having the same targets, uh, being just as picky, you know, if it falls just a little bit short of the service line, then don't give yourself uh, that extra points out of 10 if you're aiming for no man's land, et cetera, et cetera. So this is layer number two, macro physical. And making improvements to the results of your individual shots takes a lot of work at the stage below macrophysical, and that is microphysical, layer number three. And this is movement pattern, movement pattern improvements and awareness improvements. In other words, being more aware of how you're moving your body, how you're moving the racket, and improving those movement patterns within a more controlled environment than just hitting the ball. Most players jump right to just hitting the ball, uh, and they don't, uh, they don't have any kind of process that they work through to first improve their awareness of what they're doing and awareness of, of what a quality swing feels like before they just jump right into hitting the ball. And that makes improving very, very difficult. Uh, episode number 260 and 261 of the Essential Tennis Podcast, I really go into a lot of detail about why that is. So uh, layer three here of uh, tracking your improvement, microphysical, there's different levels within this layer, within this level. Uh, shadow swings. You can use shadow swings to become more aware of what your current habits are and then move your movement patterns towards, towards better ones by uh, doing purposeful, really focused, aware, conscious repetitions without, without a ball at all. Uh, you can do that with a ball in many different environments. In the episode number 261 of the Essential Tennis Podcast, I gave a list of, what was it? I think 23 uh, different progressions. And so th you, could, you could call these progressions, shadow swing with the ball, uh, next is in a practice rally, and then finally in competition. And so Anytime you make some kind of change or tweak, aka improvement to your forehand or your backhand or your serve, then it takes progressions to move through different levels of execution. And this is what episode number 261 of the Essential Tennis uh, Podcast focused on. But this um, process needs to take place before you can ever start judging the results of your shots. This is critical. This is probably the most important, uh, the most nuanced, important thing that I'm going to say in this episode. So please uh, pay attention. At first, you're going to be very tempted to pick a target, pick a goal, uh, pick a shape, pick a speed, and just immediately jump to trying to improve your results. If you do that, then you'll inevitably just go right back to whatever your habit is to try to control what the ball does. You'll use whatever's most familiar, whatever's ingrained in your muscle memory and your uh, neurological programming 
if, uh, if, for example, you're trying to hit your forehand um, cross court and pass the service line, and you just go right to that goal, okay, I, I'm going to hit this forehand cross court, I'm going to try to hit three in a row, cross court, pass the service line, and you don't focus on the micro physical first, being aware first of what your current habit is, what your current movement pattern is, and you just go right to execution then you will inevitably go right to what is most comfortable, most familiar, aka your current habit. And that means you will not make improvements. Now, you may get better at executing your current habits, but that does not fundamentally change what your potential is for improvement within the game of tennis. To fundamentally change the potential that you have within the game of tennis, you have to change your fundamental movement patterns. And that takes awareness and practice in a purposeful, focused way to not only be aware of what you're doing now, but what that next step is and what it feels like and how it's different and then start training yourself to do the new one. And the only way to really track this reliably is with video. Even if you're with a coach, even with even if you're taking lessons from a great pro, if that pro is not using video, you need to uh, plead with him or her to start using video now because he or she is missing details. They uh, is he or she. Yeah. Yeah. That was the right one. <laughs> he or she are. Uh, yeah. That is, I said it correctly the first time he or she, he is, or she is missing details. I 100% promise you. I know this because I've spent a lot of time on the court using video and I catch things every time I use it, which is every time I coach, that I would not have picked up on with the naked eye. And I, you know, I don't like to toot my own my own horn too much, but I feel like I have a a pretty, um, I feel like I have a very um, good knack for viewing and picking out technique flaws. But I routinely miss things that when I go back and I look at the video, I say, wow, how did I just, how did I not see that? It was because I was focusing on something else. A swing happens so quickly and so much happens in such a short period of time, the naked eye can't possibly pick up on all of it. So if you're serious about improvement, Video is critical, it is essential, it is necessary, and is the easiest, the easily the biggest tool to move through this layer of improvement, the micro-physical, training better and improved movement patterns and awareness of what you're doing. And then that, uh, after a couple of those, uh, several of those, uh, that improves your macro-physical skills, the, the actual outcomes of your strokes. Once, you, once you've started to build and train a new habit where you don't have to think about it anymore, then you can shift your focus to the result. Then you can start to think about power or shape or target or consistency. But if you just do like 10 reps or 15 reps, you say, oh yeah, I get that. I I get the feel of that. And then you go right to focusing on power or shape or consistency or accuracy. You will gravitate. Your habit will pull you right back to your old way of executing. And that means no fundamental improvement. I want you to avoid that plateau. This is where players get stuck. Uh, and this is where coaches get stuck with their students as they progress much too quickly towards worrying about where the ball is going, where it's landing, uh, what the target is, how much power, how much spin, how much shape, et cetera, et cetera, way too early before pa- before habits start to be formed. And that means the player keeps going right back to the old habit and not improving. Okay. 
So that was uh, layer or level number three, microphysical. And the fourth and final layer is knowledge and understanding. This could be tactical or strategic. Uh, it could be technical, biomechanical, you know, movement, uh, technique. And uh, I recommend that you keep a journal of this too. I mean, if you're serious about your improvement, why not? Track uh, each time that you watch a video or each time you take a lesson or each time you play a match. Write down what you learned. It would be, a, a, just a cool thing to have years later, but B, a great reference library to be able to go back to and remind yourself. Maybe you could have a forehand chapter, a backhand chapter, a volley chapter, a serve chapter. And so you can go back and remember, oh yeah, I remember how, how much that resonated with me when I first heard it or when I first tried it. Uh, when I first was able to execute this in a match, it was just a game changer for me. Having that uh, ability to recall those pieces of knowledge that unfortunately frequently we lose and forget would be huge. Uh, and understanding tactical, technical patterns and uh, different plays is huge. So those are the four layers, starting from the bottom, knowledge, understanding, and then moving up one le level from there, microphysical, movement patterns, awareness of how the body is moving. Make enough improvements there, and then you can shift your focus to macrophysical, which means stroke outcomes or results, uh, targets, speed, shape, spin, consistency. And then once you start to develop some success there, then you can move the scale to layer number one, which is competition. And once you move a skill through each of those layers and you start to be able to execute it reliably, consistently in execution, that's when the wins and the losses uh, start to shift more in your favor. And then you do it all over again. <laughs> you, you make enough of these improvements and you, you bring enough skills up through this kind of hierarchy, this uh, process, this system, and now you've, you've moved from a 3.0 to a 3.5, yay. And now your win-loss totally changes again, and now you start the process all over again. If you, if you have the focus and the drive, the desire, uh, then you can go from 3.5 to 4.0. And then you start losing a bunch again, and you go back to knowledge. You, you learn what the new thing is you need to improve. Uh, you build your awareness and your movement patterns, and then you start focusing on the results. Uh, AKA being able to train different shapes, different speeds, different targets. Uh, and then you go back to executing that in match play and then results improve again in the win-loss column. Unfortunately, most players only focus on number one. They don't have the awareness of all of these other things that they, they must move their skills through this process or else they will inevitably just be stuck with the same execution, the same skills, the same movement patterns over and over and over again, year after year, decade after decade. And this is why players get stuck for long periods of time at the same level. So this takes patience. It takes more real work. Uh, it takes more focused repetition but there's no way around it. There is no way around it unless you just want to fall back on uh, your just general athletic ability. Uh, but if you're not blessed with a lot of that or you haven't developed it in other areas and other disciplines, then you've got to develop it now. And it only happens through good process like this. So I uh, hope this gave you some perspective. I hope it was really helpful, useful for you. And... 
I'd like to give away uh, a free chorus. So those of you that have listened all the way to the end today, uh, here's how you win. All of you who go to the iTunes music store and leave a review for the Essential Tennis Podcast between now and the next episode, which maybe I'll record that next week, uh, maybe the week after that, I'm not sure. You may have just a couple of days here uh, from when... uh, This gets published. This is getting published on August uh, 18th. So more than likely, I'll be picking a winner on the 25th, a week uh, from today, Uh, 2017, August 18th today. You've got uh, a week to go to the iTunes Music Store, leave a review, and I will randomly select, I would say three. I'm going to randomly select three winners. And so if there's three or less reviews, then everybody uh, gets a course of their choice from the catalog of courses uh, here at EssentialTennis.com. Whatever you want, any topic you want. We've got 13 or 14 uh, different courses and programs now, digital uh, coaching programs. So uh, just leave uh, your review on the iTunes Music Store and then listen in on the next episode, number 263, uh, to see if you were chosen as a winner. Uh, Thank you so much for your support. Appreciate it so much. Hope today's episode was a big help to you. Uh, If you ever have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover here on the podcast, you can always feel free to shoot me an email to ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out essentialtennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.